Hello. Good afternoon. Hi, room one. Um, I have a little tickle. It's not Corona, but it's just something that is probably that I inhaled my own saliva and it's not gone away yet. So I apologize if I start coughing uncontrollably. Um, and I would also just like to point out before we get too far, just in case you guys like want to do a where's Waldo thing. This is, these are my figs. I got these before the controversy, the, the famous pink scrub controversy. Um, so I wasn't about to not wear them because, you know, I paid money for them. But anyway, I spelled orthopedic wrong when I went to get the thing personalized. So I added an extra E to the already E British version of orthopedic. So now I put my hospital's little bear over one of the E's. So there you go. Um, alrighty, welcome everybody. Let me just make sure I'm recording this. Looks like I am. Um, as you all know, in room one, we wanna keep everything very private. So I usually just try to pick something silly to rename everybody. Um, so I do that at the beginning. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna rename people room one, room two, room three, etc. And then we can get going. So does anybody have anything they want to talk about or uh, be coached on this afternoon? Please, if you want to, you can raise your hand or you could go into the chat. You can go into the chat and uh, post a question. So we'll give you a couple minutes to do that. I'm not going to rename Amy because she's a coach. So there we go. All ready. Hi, Amy. I miss you. It's been too long since we've seen each other. Um, okay. Any volunteers? Anybody? Anybody? You can use the raise your hand function and I can figure that out or you can just post a question or just say if there's something on your mind. Give you a couple minutes. I'll just keep jibba jabbering in the meantime. Anything? Anything? <laughs> um, I just listened to an amazing podcast on my way home. I kind of move about different podcasts and I had been off the life coaching podcast for a while and then just came back on. And it was a Brooke Castillo one about being yourself. I'll have to post it on the uh, Facebook group because it was just so good. It was really, really good. So I'd encourage everybody to take a look at that. Okay, Amy, we're not getting volunteers for a problem today. Amy, do you have anything you want to talk about? If you could, I'll, I'll make you a, allow you to talk, promote to panelists. Here you are. Can you talk, Amy? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so does anybody have a problem? Can we help you? Amy, do you have a problem? Can we help you? <laughs> um, you know, I was, oh my gosh, so many problems. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think there's a, there's one problem that I had that's not a big deal. And then there's, I was coaching someone this week who's is more of a friend. So it was kind of an informal thing. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about complications, mm -hmm. maybe something like that. Cause I think uh, that's something that we all deal with is complications and trying to figure out, I mean, this is one of those things where I don't think that anyone has the right answers for, Yeah, but Let's talk about that. Complications. I love it. Let's talk, talk about complications. Well, I can talk about a complication I had recently, or if there's something that you want to share about what you were discussing with the, the other person, like what think, specifically did you have? The same theme, I think, is like, you know, what, what do we do 
when we have a, a complication and, you know, what, what do we think about ourselves and how do we prepare? Um, you know, I don't, I have a specific one, but it's not nearly as like compelling as some other things that I've heard recently that is. Um, but if, if you have a complication that you've had recently, that was very compelling. Um, we could talk about that. Um, but I think that definitely some strategies would really help folks since we haven't really covered. Yeah. Just some I'd be happy to talk about one um, that I had recently because it was very painful and it was, you know, something I had to process. So if everybody's okay with that, I'll talk about it. Um, so I'm an orthopedic surgeon for those of you who didn't hear my spiel about misspelling orthopedic surgery for my personalized scrubs. Um, I am a pediatric orthopedist. I do kind of a lot of different things. And I, I got a consultation for a patient who was 17, new onset leukemia, who had just finished induction chemo or was like getting his first doses of induction chemo. It's like where your immune system goes away completely and you're really at risk for infections. And I got the consult for this kid for leg pain and they had already gotten imaging. Um, they said he had a DVT and that he had PEs and he was on, he was in the ICU, but he was not intubated. He was like on, uh, you know, oxygen, but didn't need assistance with breathing and was pretty sick kid. They thought he, he also had a bacteremia that was just like a whatever bacteria, normal bacteria. And so they, he was complaining of leg pain. They got imaging that showed this little dot in his, in muscles in his calf. So I'm like, okay, no brainer. We just go wash that out. So I went and washed it out. I thought I did like a generous incision. I took, I was like really thorough, try to look at everything. And I was super surprised at how good all the tissue looked. There was just one little area in one of his muscles in his calf that kind of like looked a little icky, but like inflamed, but nothing more than that. And I've had other experiences where these kids get really profound myositis. So I was like, Oh, okay. So this pain is probably myositis. That's probably what this is. Let's wash it out. So I wash, 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 but I didn't take a biopsy of that little kind of iffy spot of muscle. And so I went and saw him the next day, but I went on vacation. I went and saw him the next day when I was even, I was on staycation. So I went into the hospital and saw him. I changed the bandages myself. He was doing okay. Um, and the resident was continuing to see him, but I thought, okay, the ortho part's done. Like I washed it out. Like we, all the cultures are cooking and there's nothing else to do right now. So the first thing that like retrospectively is I, I should have talked to one of my partners about it instead of just being like, okay, resident, keep seeing this patient and tell me, you know, if anything is changing. The second thing is, is I should have taken a biopsy. So I didn't do those things at the time. And turns out it was fungus. And even though I sent swabs for fungus, it, that particular fungus doesn't really grow well in swabs. And so then it, the hyphae are visible on the biopsy. So my partner ended up taking him back to the OR and um, he, things were kind of like progressed pretty dramatically by that point in time. He was really sick and he was, he, he was sick all over the place the whole time. But now, now everybody's like, oh, None of the stuff we thought was true in the beginning has actually just been fungus all along. Um, so anyway, I, he got really, really sick then and ended up having to have plastic surgery get involved. And we thought at one point he was going to like lose his leg and all this other stuff. And so that none of that ended up happening. But at the time, I mean, I was like for sure thought I was a piece of shit because this was my fault that this kid had leukemia and it was my fault that this kid got super sick and that he has fungus infection and I didn't take a biopsy. And even though my team was seeing him every day, I didn't personally talk to another attending every day. And I mean, it was just like on down the line. So I ended up, I mean, Amy, I even talked to you about this at the time. And I remember, it was, yeah, it was just really terrible. Cause what I did was I made it mean that I am a horrible human. I made all of it mean that I like just am not good enough to do the job. I shouldn't be allowed to take care of patients and blah, blah, blah. And so 
I just like wallowed in that for a little bit. I talked to you, I talked to Kelly, I did my own models and thought work on it. And it just took time to process it. It took like two weeks, actually. I ended up trying to, you like, even though I was very afraid to tell people like where I was, um, you know, I thought I was deficient in the care. I went to all the, all the players and I said, listen, please, let's talk about this because I want to make sure I learn as much as I can here. And I want to make sure I teach the residents as much as I can here. And let's talk this through and see what could I do differently if this were to ever happen again. So I did that with infectious diseases. I did that with all of the residents on my team. Um, I did that with the plastic surgery service. And um, I was trying to be emotional and vulnerable on purpose in front of everybody so that people knew it was okay. So people knew like, okay, it's okay for you to feel bad about it. It's okay to process it. It's okay. All of it, all of it is okay. And then the interesting thing that happened towards the end is because um, one of the days that I was particularly losing my mind about it at the hospitals, the plastic surgery resident was in the lounge and I was just asking her for an update. And she ended up telling her attending, who's a friend of mine. Yeah. Dr. McMichael was really upset in the lounge. <laughs> so he called me later in the day and said, Hey, are you okay? And I thought that was super cool that instead of being afraid that everybody was going to think I was a super loser, it was the opposite that happened. Everybody like was so creative and proactive and came together to really just learn and not blame and not do any of that. And so he's like, listen, the only way you would have known is if you had a crystal ball, you don't, you don't like, you can't see hyphy with your eyeballs. Yeah. So you would, you would do a biopsy next time, but it's not like you, you know, you neglected this patient or didn't, you know, didn't take him to the operating room when the problem was happening. So he helped me see the other side of things too. Like I am not the only person taking care of this patient. He has a whole team of people looking after him. So it wasn't my sole responsibility every single day. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it all went, went down. So maybe Amy, do you want to coach me and see how, or do you want, or how do you, do you want to like facilitate a little discussion on this? Sure. I mean, I think that there are some uh, some great lessons in all of this uh, too. Because how did you feel like going through that? Um, it sounds like you had a lot of people to talk to um, mm -hmm. about it and talked about the situation. And how did that help you, or did it hurt you? Well, I mean, in the past, I wouldn't have wanted to tell anybody. I wouldn't have wanted to admit that I was not a perfect person. So this time around, so, I mean, coaching has been helped me understand that like, yeah, while we go beat ourselves up and we go to that place where we think we're a piece of shit, if we make a mistake, it's normal to do that. And so this time around, I was like, okay, this is normal. Like the, the sky's not falling. This is normal. What I'm feeling right now is normal. And I know it's going to pass. I just need to kind of like, let it be there for a little bit. So I didn't resist any of that. So I think that was step number one, which then allowed me to move into step number two to be like, okay, now what can I do to learn? And then that's what gave me the courage to like, despite the fact that I was embarrassed and felt vulnerable is to go speak to the infectious diseases doctor and to go speak to the plastic surgeon and speak to my partner who took care of him after me and speak to the residents and and I never would have done that in the past. So I was very proactive with it. And in this time, it was uh, positive. And I can see how, um, you know, I'm lucky because of the institution where I work. It's very, it's a, it's a great place. And there's not some of the, um, you know, stuff that we hear about that people encounter in their, in their own programs, like some of the nastiness people encounter. I don't really have much of that at my place. So I was lucky and I felt very comfortable once I kind of made the decision to do it. Um, and it resulted in a lot of positivity and like uh, learning for everybody really, particularly the residents. Um, so I have verbal diarrhea, Amy. I don't know, even know if I answered your question. 
No, those are, I mean, fantastic. And I, and I know that, um, I know the scenarios, I'm really glad that you brought up because I think there's a lot of really hugely valuable lessons in this too. And you know that Brene Brown's work um, talks so much about all this too. You know, it's the, it's the giving, um, you know, it's, it's getting words to it. You know, it's like there's guilt because we feel bad about something we did, but shame is like feeling that there's something wrong with us, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and they also say the way to battle shame is to, you know, give words to it. Um, and I think what you did is you shown light on all of this and then you were able to get feedback um, that it, that it really wasn't your fault. You're not a terrible person that, that no one could have known this. Um, and you also learned a lot and so did everybody else too. And so showing that other people that it's okay to, you know, verbalize your thoughts and feelings, because another thing that battles um, shame is, you know, connection and, um, you know, and knowing that we're all kind of in this together. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of us can learn from, from your situation in particular is how you approached it is, you know, knowing that we're not perfect. It's still hard, not resisting it. Um, you know, sharing with others, you know, showing that we're vulnerable, um, which is, is incredibly, it shows an incredible amount of strength rather than weakness. Um, and it sounds like that you really benefited more than just, um, you know, your own self that day. It's just that I think everyone learned from that too, um, knowing that you're not perfect. So now the next person, you know, your, your plastic surgery resident or whoever is not going to go tomorrow and expect to be perfect. And now she may come to you and say, hey, remember this and can you help me with this? And so I think this is how we battle it. I think so too. And that's why I just like, even though I was afraid to do it, I just did it anyway. And, um, there in orthopedics, it's interesting because so few of us are women. Um, so most of the suicides that happen obviously are men, but I wonder about this because these people are on the outside. They just look like they have it all together. They, they're the people who you wish you could like have your life look like that, the way they conduct themselves at the hospital, the way they seem so, um, you know, light and like everything is okay. And then, then you'll hear about somebody committing suicides, which is, um, I think part of the issue is that there is this expectation of perfection that we have for ourselves. And there's this expectation of perfection that we think other people have for us as well. And what I was trying to show in a roundabout way was like, okay, we're just humans. Like we're just human beings and we're allowed to make mistakes. That's the only way that we really learn in a meaningful sort of forward trajectory. It's efficient actually to make mistakes and learn from them than it is to like never make a mistake and just, um, it's, I think you hit another really yeah. major huge point too um, when you said that you know I, I was, uh, you know we know it's hard but we do it anyway, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that is is something that's really um, we take for granted all the time. You really do just you know thinking that well I just do this and you know do hard things, mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of of course things are going to happen, um, and I think it's the knowing that you're going in there might be a risk and preparing for that complication ahead of time. Um, you know, that we know is going to come and how we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that all went down. And does anybody else? Let's see. Somebody room, room four is asking, did you learn any lessons about maybe oversharing being too vulnerable in the wrong place? Well, that's a great question. So not so far, actually. Um, I was, The way I describe it probably sounds like I was like some histrionic person just going bananas. And so that's how I felt on the inside, but I was (laughs) pretty careful and tried to keep the, especially when I was speaking to the other attendings, just to be very professional and um, say, you know, say, or ask questions in a way that were constructive, Um, like teach me here, like, like really open to what do you, what do you have, what is your, your expertise in this situation and how can I, um, 
you know, how can I learn from your point of view? That's what I was trying to do. And, um, you know, in the OR on the day that I found out that the shit was hitting the fan with this kid, uh, I, I was pretty upset. We have, a, we have a saying, which I don't know. It's like what happens in the OR stays in the OR, but I don't know if that's actually true. But again, I, I just kind of like let it all come out because I want my residents to know that it is okay to have emotions. I want them to know that you don't have to bottle it up and you don't have to be embarrassed about it. And it's normal to have emotions. It's actually not normal to bottle it up. So I don't know. I, I'm to room four with the question she asked in the, in the chat here. Um, so far, I, I haven't had any negative feedback. Um, but like I mentioned in let's the beginning, bring, Oh, go ahead, Amy. Let's, let's bring room four on. Um, because I think that, um, you know, she has a specific, um, scenario that, that may be a really good, good coaching topic. Yeah, and someone else had posed a question that, that they didn't know how this worked. Um, and so we could always, uh, mention about like how group coaching works. And if room four is, is willing, uh, we can kind of take them through the, yeah. um, yeah. Room four, you are uh, completely de-identified. So do you have something that specifically we could help you with? Awesome. Okay, here we go. <laughs> As you're bringing her up, I just wanted to, um, someone had asked about an intro because she's new and, and first welcome. I think group coaching is really helpful if you use it. I mean, it's all about uh, you know using the resources that are here. Um, the group coaching is basically you come here with a problem and then we work through the problem. We do try to keep it as um, de-identified as possible. So, you know, to, this is a safe space, it's as safe as we can make anything on the internet. Um, but you'll start to realize that everyone has the same problems. And so hopefully we can help teach you some techniques to go through it um, to help your, your own situation. Yeah. So Amy, I'm not seeing that. Is there an alternative chat happening? Um, I didn't see that question. Oh, the, the, someone had posted like the original room. Um, I think it was room two um, that had posted. I think that it may have been to me. I can't. And basically just saying that I'm new and. Um, oh. oh, it's in the Q&A. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't have that open. So good. <laughs> room two. We're all learning together because I just didn't even realize that the Q&A box was available. Um, okay. So and Jess and Kelly are thankful all the time. There's three of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So room four, we're going to get you squared away here in just a second. Awesome. Well, welcome room two. I'm very happy to have you here. Um, I echo what Amy just said. I won't belabor it and say it again. Okay, but this will this will make everything make a whole lot of sense. Okay, so room four, can you talk and tell us what the problem is? Sure, I can try and, um, I, well, I'll talk a little bit and you can maybe help me pull out a story because I can't think of a specific story, but I think my problem, and maybe this we can analyze, you could analyze this one, but I, I, I kind of, I overshare. And when I was listening to Brene Brown, I, in, oh, in the audible like um, book, which I like, I'm totally happy with the book choice for the book club. But um, I was listening to her very carefully because my problem is not being like, I don't have trouble making myself vulnerable. You know, I, in fact, like I, I almost do it, you know, a little bit to a fault where I like just admit to everyone in some, in, in a way that's not entirely accurate. Oh my God, I messed this up. Oh, this is all my fault. I feel terrible, blah, blah, blah. All these things you're saying, but mm -hmm. I've never had a problem saying that. In fact, like I've had, you know, when I was a chief resident a couple of years ago, my chief was like, you didn't do anything wrong. My co-chief was like, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, like this. And she's like, you always focus on the negative. And she told me, and I was like, no, you're right. Because there is, as you say, people who never think they're wrong. I'm like the exact opposite. I always think that, oh my God, how, how did I cause this issue? And I have no problem espousing that to the world. <laughs> like, like resident, now that I, and I'm an attending a couple of years now, you know, residents, trainees, nurses, I'm, I, I shouldn't, I, I need to hold back more. And so in listening to Brene Brown, I was like, oh, she says that you, you know, like if you overshare, it's almost like desperation. Or if you um, make yourself like, um, if you're vulnerable in the wrong 
circles or with someone who's not safely vulnerable with you, there's like a mismatch in your vulnerabilities. And then I'll end up with not the results I'm looking for, like the embraced wholesomeness. I, I mean, I think that if you didn't have this problem, you probably didn't pay attention to that part of the, of what she says, but I was like, that's me. I'm like, I, I kind of, it's not appropriate. And so I'm not sure how to reel that back while still being open and honest, because I like to be open and honest when there's and complication and issue something not going the way I want it to go, mm-hmm. but I need to do it in like a more measured way. Okay. So like even saying I need to do it in a measured way. So what could be the fact, like, is there something that has happened say in the last two weeks where you <clears throat> felt like you overshared? Mm. My daughter's oversharing right now. She's screaming her head off. So I apologize for that. <laughs> it's happening in the background. Something with, uh, I mean, I think, so I, we recently had like kind of a complication, but I actually think I used some strategies from that I've been like learning about. So it actually went better, but I guess I could talk about that a little bit. Um, well, we can, we can even just keep the C blank for now, because we could just talk about that statement that you, you, you made, you made a couple actually, like one is I overshare or I need to dial it back. Like, is that a thought that you think regarding the yeah, way I, communicate? I guess. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it is. Okay. So can you just tell me in your words what it is? Um, I expose too much of my thoughts. Like I, uh, a neutral event, yeah. Um, I said too much, like, or or I stated something that, yeah, how can you make that neutral? Um, no, you I don't have to too- make your thought neutral at all. Oh, you the can- thought, yeah, the thought. Yeah. Yeah, the thought is that I, oh no, I just overshared. Like, oh, yeah, I, I'll think I overshared, oh, or, that wasn't the appropriate, I should have said the more attending, the more attendingly thing to say. <laughs> Where's the attendee or attending? <laughs> I should have said the attending thing. Oops, thing. Or I overshared. So we usually just, for the people who are just learning about this, we usually just pick one sentence for the thought line. And then our circumstance is in is basically just whatever the event is that happened. And then now room four is having this thought like, oh, I just overshared or I, I should have, you know, said the attending thing or something like that. Is that fair room four? Yeah. Okay. And when you think that, when you're like in your mind saying, oh, I just overshared, how do you feel? Nervous and anxious. And then when you're anxious, what do you do? I have more verbal diarrhea (laughs) and I share more things that shouldn't be shared probably and more nervously, like try to take it back and then end up re-saying it and then just making the whole thing worse. And I mean, this is all in my head, the entire thing. So no one, yeah. the, the, the people don't, like the residents probably don't even care. And I'm the one like, oh my God, I'm oversharing. I need to stop sharing this, stop talking, oh my God. So in your thought loop, you're judging yourself about your sharing. Yeah. Okay. And then the result is, is you overshare. Yeah. And I feel bad about myself, I guess. And I. Right. So, cause, cause the question is, is what are you making this mean about you? Yeah. So what do you think you're making it mean about you? Uh, It means, I I guess I tell a story about myself that I don't have. um, mm, There's like a better word for it, but I'm not filtered enough. I'm not like, I don't know, stoic enough. I'm not reserved enough. I'm not like, I need to, I should be more, I'm not mature enough. I am immature. 
I should be able to be have more restraint. Okay, so so this is very interesting because I mean I don't know if you're oversharing or not. Like, what is oversharing? <laughs> like, who even knows what that is? Yeah. Because so many people interpret sharing in you know in so many different ways. But if you're making this means something about you, then that's important for us to look at or for you to look at and say, okay, like maybe you're sharing just the right amount. Maybe you overshare, maybe you don't share enough. I don't know the answer to that question, but all that really matters is, is the experience that you're having and is it serving you or not serving you? So do you, is this, um, trying to think of how to, I guess what I'm getting at, is it really a problem? Is this something that really bothers you or you think is, you know? I think, you know, my, I, my, my partner that I work with all the time, we actually, I came in and was doing a case with her. Um, okay. Well, we were doing, we, I was doing a lap conduct exploration for, and she was doing a cholecystectomy and she doesn't do lap conduct exploration. So I went in to help her and just the way that she, and she's also like a program, she's a, in the program director, like associate program. She just carries herself in a way mm-hmm. that is so it, it maintains the hierarchy that honestly makes people feel safe. Mm-hmm. And whereas I'm like, dropping F-bombs and like kind of <clears throat> just like, oh, this sucks. Oh man, this is hard. Oh, da, da, da. You know, I kind of like, I, and she wouldn't, she never does that like in front of residents, but I do. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I don't know. I just think that, I don't know if it's a, it, it's, a, it's not like a grave problem or anything. It's just, I, I don't, I, I would like to see myself be more composed, reserved, like, the opposite of what, like, I guess being vulnerable isn't, I, I don't, because I, I, and I think it, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm so kind of rambling I, now. That's okay. I, I just wonder why. Why do I want to? Yeah. Um, I think, well, like I, I, uh, uh, I, I guess it's based on my view of some attendings when I was a, I'm only a couple of years out. Like, so when I was a trainee, I think I viewed some attendings who were just very, who were confident. I don't know. I think maybe it's because I viewed them. Like I respected them and their decision-making more if they weren't like a puddle, you know, if they like had it all together. Mm-hmm. And maybe I feel like I'm looking, I don't know. Why do I care? I, I guess I, I just think I'm supposed, I think it's the better, I think I'll get, have more respect. I think people will listen to me. Residents will listen to me more. I, they'll, um, I don't know. So, I'll inspire more confidence if I'm like, you know, more, uh, I don't know, more, more professional. I, I don't know. I just, I really act very relaxed around the residents and around everybody really. And, and in, 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 especially in the OR, especially in the OR, I'm just completely honest myself. And sometimes I think I should be more serious. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. So this is a really interesting thing you just said. I'm just completely honest in myself. That is like the Holy grail right there being honest and just being yourself and just being okay with who you are. Now, if, you know, the way you communicate is it is honest and authentic in yourself, but then you're judging it as like, maybe it's not composed. um, Then it sounds like there's a little cognitive dissonance there. It's like that, you know, if you, if you kind of know who you are, but then you think you should be this other way that can kind of like conflict a little bit. But I wonder if there's an alternative thing to consider about how when 
so there are lots of different ways to communicate in the world, lots of effective ways to communicate. And one of the things that I just like to offer is, is, is it possible that the way you communicate is exactly right? And that when you are authentically yourself and honest, people know exactly what they get. People know exactly who you are. They know they don't have to be on eggshells around you. They don't have to, you know, they're not reacting because you are who you are. Is it possible that it's a good thing? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> is it possible that the person who's composed looks super shiny on the outside, but inside is smoldering or just white knuckling? And that while she looks really good on the outside, her internal experience might be real crappy. Is that possible? I think it's possible. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's possible. It's absolutely possible. So I just want to throw those things out there to just help kind of expand that it's like you have a judgment about the way you communicate that it's oversharing. And like I said, I don't know if it's oversharing or not, but if you feel like authentic in the way you communicate, I can't imagine that that is a bad thing. Like I just, yeah, I, I just, am, I think maybe if I think harder, I'll complain and complaining isn't helpful. Okay. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, I'm just trying to think of a specific example because it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're doing this lack, I'm a doctor, I'm doing this lack, I'm a doctor situation. And, um, the, we couldn't, and like the debris and like the common bowel duct was like blocking the orifice of the cystic duct. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh man, this is, oh God, this is so ridiculous. Oh, Jesus Christ. But I say it kind of in jest, but kind of not like, oh, come on. You know, and just like, I, I it's kind of, I'm kind of being a little funny, I guess, okay. just lightening it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, but my partner would never do that. And I, I don't know. And so I think she was, I don't know. And I, how can, can I say? I'm like, oh, for the love of God. Like, I'll say that. And I don't know. I, I, I sometimes wonder, I don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. And I, I, I never, I don't, and I'm just thinking about it now because I just did a case with her like, like, like six days ago and, um, or whatever it was. And like, uh, and so it was, it's just on the top of my mind, like, she's so composed. But behind closed doors, because there were two residents with us, behind closed doors, she's exactly like me. And she's like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. we complain and we like complain about everything together. But in front of other people, she's really professional. And I sometimes just think that I just, I don't know why I respect that. I do. I'm like, oh man, she like, she'll never complain. She won't like, yeah. Um, yeah, she, she knows the right. I, I think it's a wise, I do think it's a wise thing to say the right, to know what, no, know the right place to share what thing. Okay. And I, and maybe I think sometimes I, I might complain a little too much about whatever it is anatomically or situationally or, um, um, and I just, yeah. So I, and I, and I just would rather, I think it, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get to the bottom of it, but I just think it would look better if I didn't, if I, if I didn't complain and I, um, was a little more measured is the word I was looking for with okay. who I say what to. So, um, so you can decide like, if this is the beauty of it. Like you just get to decide how you want to be and you don't have to explain it to anybody. You don't have to justify it to anybody. So if you, if you want to be measured and that's something that's important to you, then you you're allowed to do that. I just wanted to make sure though, that if that's something that you desire, you really like your reason because is it because you, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Is it because you just want other people to see you a certain way or is it because of how you feel like you're going to feel about yourself? And again, it doesn't matter. It's just as long as you like it, as long as it's, yeah, if it works sense. for you. I get it because I'm exactly the same way as you room for. I sing all the time and I catch myself and I'm like, oh gosh, this is probably not appropriate that I'm singing right now. I just amputated somebody's like, I should not be singing. And sometimes I'm dancing and it's always in the operating room too. But then that's, that's who I am. I'm like bubbly and I'm constantly trying to be funny and constantly just like whooping it up. And to me, I think, um, I was look not to, you know, like make it about me, but I was just having kind of a similar conversation with myself. Cause I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should dial it back a little bit in some, <laughs> some situations. And I realized like, if my senior partner's there, I definitely don't act the same way. A lot of less, a lot of less F-bombs if he's around. Cause I care what he thinks about me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so I was like, yeah, well, there's that aspect. Like, is it because I'm around the residence? like would I act differently? I don't like if I'm going to act differently around residents versus a senior partner. I don't actually like that. Like, I want to just be me mm-hmm. like the same, no matter the crowd. And cause that's, the, I, I, I don't like that aspect of it. Like, Oh, they would never, they have no, they're less powerful in this situation, not to make it too ridiculous. Cause I mean, I'm not like abusing anybody, but you know, like they don't, they have less power. So therefore in this particular scenario, I feel like I can, be a little bit ridiculous without repercussion. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, that's only for you to decide. So yeah. this is, this is interesting because now you can decide what you want, like your reason for wanting it. And you don't have to justify that reason to anybody. And then you can practice being who being that person. And yeah. all of this just boils down to practice everything, all of this coaching boils down to just practicing. And I would like to offer though, that I think the other thing that is like the final common pathway is, do we believe that we're good enough in our current form? Like the enoughness that you are is exquisite and you can't do anything to change that. You can't be more measured and change how enough you are. You can't act silly or hyperbolic about the orifice of the common bile duct. I don't know. This is anatomy. I don't remember, but um, like about it being, you know, clogged it's, you just are so enough. And I feel like that's, that's like the final common pathway when we don't really believe it. Mm. And then it's like, I'm going to act this certain way so that like, other people think I'm enough or I think I'm enough or whatever. It's like, it's always chasing that feeling like we're really worthy. I'm not saying that you are, but that's what I've noticed for myself and a lot of other people. Um, So as you work through it, yeah. Like as you work through it, like just consider, and if you want to be measured, you are welcome to be measured. And if you want to be, how you are currently, you're welcome to be that too. And you just have to like your own reason. Um, I'd like to ask Amy to weigh in because we are so lucky to have another coach here. I th- there's such a, something that she said early on that was just, was just so perfect. Um, and she said she acted this way because she was, you know, her honest and her authentic self. Um, and I think that that is like so profoundly beautiful, but the only problem is, is that does she have a problem with who she is? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and that's the kind of the key there. Um, and I also uh, like what Jess pointed out of, you know, do you like your reasons? Um, and so I think that it first is, I say these things and I behave this way because it's my true and authentic self. And the second thing is, do you like your reasons for sharing what you do? Um, I think those are the, the keys there. Um, and the weighing in on the chat, someone else had the same, they said they had the same problem. I don't admit fault or imperfect, or I don't have a problem admitting fault or imperfection, but it backfires me over and over again. And I think both boil down to the same thing is, is that if you're your true and authentic self and you're happy with yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody says at all. 
I think so too. Um, so mm -hmm. here, it's really interesting that we're talking about this right now. Cause I literally just listened to this podcast about how to be yourself. It is so, so good. So room four, if you have like 40 minutes, maybe on a commuter, I don't know, something it's the life coach school, um, podcast. And I can, I can find the number and maybe post it on the common thread site later today. It is so good. Cause she's talking about when you are your true and authentic self, you're being honest. And when you're not your authentic self, you're being dishonest. It's like lying to people. Um, so it like for us that are people pleasers, it, it basically like when we do things or act a certain way in an effort to have people perceive us a certain way, um, it's basically kind of equivalent to lying. It's like being a dishonest, it's being dishonest, like not being true to who you are. Now, does this tie in with what you're experiencing room for? I don't know, because if you, um, you know, I think that you can just decide however you want to be. And you can just be that way and you just get to, because we all get to just do whatever the F we want because we're adults. Um, but I just wonder if like the sort of the sillier version that you kind of described, which I can identify with that so wholeheartedly, because that's how I am too. If, if that is as, you know, negative as it sounds like you think it is or, or perceived that way, because I also think that the lightheartedness and the, in the comedy and, and all that sort of stuff really is useful tactic to put people at ease. Um, it is like, sometimes you can feel the tension just come out of the room when, when there's somebody who is able to be kind of a little bit lighter and not quite so um, serious. And I don't know if that's something you've considered either. Like if the way that you are currently is actually benefiting people and yourself more than you give it credit for. I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but I think in the hospital, there's like a certain, uh, it makes me think of an example. Like there was a student nurse on my ICU rounds today mm -hmm. and she, I don't know exactly what her level was, um, but I try to make things funny and light. And I usually start with like just con general conversation with whomever about whatever, something like ridiculous just for like a couple minutes before we start rounds. Mm -hmm. And then, and so I, and so I think I was, we were talking about, I think one of the, the, the nurse, he, he had, he has a new baby and I gave him a bunch of baby stuff that I was getting rid of. And we were talking about that. And so we had like, we made a very light rapport, <laughs> which I oftentimes do. And so then the student nurse kept, she was like chatting too about babies and everyone was like, we're all best friends. Like, you know, chatting the way that we're talking and then we get down to business to make rounds and she would not stop exclaiming how crazy the acronyms were in medicine. She's like, and she, every acronym like BNP versus BMP versus CMP. She couldn't, she, she made a comment basically with every lab I asked to have ordered and I was like, okay, we're all a little too comfortable with each other here is what I was thinking in my mind. And mm -hmm. I was like, how did I, I don't like how I created this far too informal situation because it is now taking a lot of time and I don't know how to get out of it. And I think that huh. if you, that, that's, a, that's a very, that's an example of I think what can happen when you make it a little too comfortable or a little too like, I don't know, losing that kind of, professional yeah. like, boundaries. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So especially if, you know, she's presumably new to the team. Um, yeah, this is in the military. This came up for me sometimes because I was new to the military when at my first assignment and I was just, I just, been done being a resident. So I was used to be calling Je being called Jess and I met my husband there at this assignment and he was a career military officer and he was just like chastising everybody around me because of the way they were addressing me as Jess. He's like, that is unacceptable. You need to call her major. And I was like clueless about it. So 
you're right. Like it, there's a tone that can be set for, uh, you know, kind of a hierarchy of, of the team and also kind of a professional decorum of the team and sort of maintaining kind of a, you know, a professional tone. I can see that, you know, I can see how that would be desirable. And um, I just wonder if there's a way that, you know, you, you could arrive at, you know, something that is true and authentic to you and conduct yourself in a way that you really, really want to. I think it's possible with practice. And I'd like to have Amy weigh in again, too. She was also in the military, so I'm sure she's really familiar with uh, hierarchies. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think this comes up, too, because, and I think that this happens probably disproportionately to, to us, you know, being happy, go-lucky, bubbly, you know, friendly types. You know, if we're because I, I try to show my true and authentic self too. And then, so what happens is that people are like, oh, good. So now I can, you know, then we show vulnerable so that they show vulnerable. And so then it, it kind of um, blurs a relationship a little bit too. And I think this is just, you know, kind of one of those boundary um, discussions uh, to where you say like, um, you know, it, it just kind of laying the ground rules too, just saying like, when we're in rounds, we probably should just address the, the patients and it can be said in a respectful, kind manner. And, and I think this is one of those, um, if you if you approach it um, from, you know, love and respect for that person, just say that, you know, if I let this continue, it's gonna hurt our relationship. And I don't want this to hurt this professional relationship. And so what I'm gonna do is just, just say, you know, very matter of factly that, um, on rounds, we probably should stick to the patients, you know, kind of stick to the job at hand. Um, and if you approach it from, you not from fear and um, uncertainty and insecurity and worrying you're going to offend them, then that's because if you approach it that way, you're going to show up that way. But if you say like, eh, you know, stating the facts, this is where we're at, um, maybe a little bit easier to not get too um, worried about what they think. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I like what you said, like with approaching it with, you know, I, you say love and affection, like I think, because I think it's, I think sometimes, like, because Kelly posted on Facebook, I kind of not to be an asshole. I also don't want to come across <laughs> as an asshole, because I think sometimes I am abrupt, like inadvertently. And I do think that people junior or um, like subordinate, so to speak, like are super can be super offended really easily. And so I think like, a way to say it, that's just that is, I agree, stating the fact, but like, but like putting them in sort of like casting them in like a, in like a positive light, not like a, you're misbehaving light. Like, I think that would, like, if I try to approach it, like with that mentality, I'll probably come up with better words at that moment, yeah, you know, a, a better way to say it. I do like that because I, I was just, I was like, oh my God, if this girl says it one more time and then she like said another thing and I was like, oh, stop. Like, it was just, nails against a chalkboard with everything she said with every lab um so I uh I and I, but I didn't say anything because I was like I'm gonna say something really mean so I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and let her just keep wasting time mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fine it's, it's just simply a matter of perspective because you know you you, you don't want to say something because you're afraid that she you know of how it's gonna make you you look but then at the same time you know the it will kind of keep eroding just like you said is like at some point you're gonna snap and say oh for oh for god's sake just stop it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah if you kind of lay some very uh, matter of fact um, ground rules but again it, it was a, um approaching with um affection and, and respect i guess um yeah and it's and respect, funny yeah. that you just mentioned kelly because kelly just popped up and so oh, she got oh. to uh, your shout out to her was perfect <laughs> um so one other thing is how you are so in tune room four with how your, um, you know, your energy impacts other people. I think that's a really important lesson for all of us to really hear is that the, our energy will impact how other people respond to us. And so, um, like if you notice that the energy you had was talking with the, the new dad at the beginning of rounds, um, when you realize, like when we all take responsibility for our part in whatever is happening at any given time, it's, really useful to say, okay, what, what could I do differently now? And so I like how Amy phrased that to come, to come from this place of, you know, an, an abundant place where you're not yeah. trying to, you know, we don't want to shame anybody, but we, you know, just want to like, 
just course correct along the way. Um, Thank you so much, Room 4, for participating. That was wonderful. Um, I didn't realize <laughs> at the beginning that there was this Q&A happening. And um, Room 2 was mentioning a question about how this all works. And I'm only seeing that now. And I see that Amy posted a little bit. But now that we have about five minutes at the end, I will uh, kind of review the model just quickly and introduce myself. Uh, again and then if Amy and Kelly are both here then this is our lucky day because we have everybody. So I'm Jess McMichael. I'm an orthopedic surgeon and life coach and it's really great to have you here. Um, I came to coaching after a pretty dark time uh, after I was um, kind of dealing with postpartum anxiety and some other things but um, basically what I've learned through all of this is trying to realize that I'm a whole person, that there's actually nothing wrong with me and trying to use that humanness to grow and become kind of a better version of myself. And so that's what I wanna help share with other people. Amy, and we can promote Kelly, if you want to introduce yourself and then, um, and then I'll write out the model and then hopefully we'll be, that would be like, you know, kind of an intro for you, room two. So uh, I'm Amy, I'm a board certified general surgeon um, in Tennessee, uh, former military as well as Jess. And uh, that's pretty much it. Kelly, I don't know if you can hear or if you are still on. I'm here. I'm Kelly. I'm the urologist. I put things in holes good. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, Amy takes things out of holes. Amy takes things out of holes. I put things in holes. You guys. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I've been doing mind mind work and philosophy and Buddhist and stoicism for years. And then I found life coaching and I was like, holy moly, this is all of that, but applicable boots on the ground. How do you make your life better? How do you, and my favorite thing about all of this is it puts women back in their own power. It gives you all the power. And to me, and it's like, and you're allowed to let go of all the things you can't control. And so I'm completely addicted. <laughs> I'm happy to be here today. Thanks for letting me say hi. Okay. So this is, there are lots of different coaching philosophies and models out there. And this just happens to be the one we learned and teach. Um, and coaching is not regulated. So that's kind of interesting. You, you can, anybody here can just say they're a life coach. So you can go get your business card made right away. Um, but anyway, so what we do is break it down into this uh, model, so to speak, where circumstances are the facts of life. They're completely neutral and out of our control. So this is what I like to think of as the external world. And then they trigger us to have thoughts. Our thoughts are what drive our feelings. And our feelings are basically just the neurotransmitters going out into the body. And it's the emotions you feel in your body. And our feelings drive our actions. So that's how we show up in the world. It's either actions and actions or reactions. And then our actions are what produce our results. And then the results of our life will always tie back to support the original thought. And this is a really quick um, review of the model, but this is kind of what we do over and over and over and over again. And to it, with practice, it becomes like, I compare it to gravity. It's like a law of nature. Um, so everybody has their models going on all the time. And once you start to, extract your story about the circumstances and you're able to watch that and observe the story that you're creating in your brain, then you can start to see and question and have curiosity about the story you're telling and then change it if you want to or, um, or not, or just recognize that you're a human being and completely worthy. That's kind of like the final common pathway is just that worthiness aspect of it. Um, but really just using this as a tool for us to examine our lives and how we interact with the universe. So that is what we do. And 
we're going to have a um, book club this weekend, right, Amy? On Saturday or Sunday, I forgot what day. Yes, on Saturday, and it, it's um, two o'clock Central Time. Um, and so the, I think this really fantastic book that uh, that was chosen um, because it does, you know, just like Room Four mentioned, there's a part, um, a chapter that talks about, you know, kind of oversharing and things like that. It has to do with like you know social media and 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 the the reasons behind people do that. Um, and there's so many aspects of that book. I mean, it should be mandatory reading for for surgeons. <laughs> so many things that are so helpful about shame and guilt and you know why we approach things the way we do. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that discussion. Okay, any final questions before we sign off for the evening? No. Oh, um, link for the, the book club. The link for the book club is on the, um, it's on, room uh, one, but it's also pinned as an announcement. Um, I, actually, it's pinned as an event on the Facebook page. Um, it's open to everyone. You don't, well, obviously everyone here is room one, but um, it's on the, the Facebook page under events and the Zoom link should be on there. Okay, so you can look on the calendar on the room one homepage or common thread Facebook. Awesome. Looks like I have to start reading. I will see you guys. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for, thanks for co-coaching. That was super fun. I love doing that. So thank you for doing it. That was a lot of, and you know, you don't have to read the book to come to book club. Well, yeah, I know, but it sounds really good. So I think I probably will at least maybe do it after the fact. I don't know. Okay. Good night, everyone. Have a good one. Love you.